Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Hey, we have an extraordinary woman with us today. She does so much. She is a CEO of a company. She's an author. She's a mentor. Uh, she's got a, a nonprofit organization that we're going to talk about. And it, it's all of it is designed to help other people and especially her specialty, if you will, is working with teen girls and to try and help them negotiate and boy i don't know how she does this negotiate the minefield that is the teenage years in america right now with all all the all the things that are going on and with the bullying and with the uh, um with the smartphones and with all of that stuff trying to get them to a place where they're going to be uh, contributing members of society, have great relationships, and to basically love their life. Her name is Kizzy Kittrell Doggin, right? Yes. Very nice. Very nice. And she is with us. And I got to tell you, you are a, a, a special lady um, working with, especially working with teenage girls. I, I got to tell you, teenage girls scare me. I'm a little older and then, and, but they, they are, it's a whole different world than it used to be when I was uh, around teenage girls and, and, but thank you for being here. I got to ask you to begin. How did you get started doing this and why was it teenage girls? Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much. When you were talking about me, I'm like, who's that girl? And it's like, oh, it's me. I must be really cool. Okay, great. You are really cool. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I am a boy mom. My oldest is 25. I have twins that are 14. So I don't know how I got into girls, but I've just always been passionate and partial to girls. Even with going to with my oldest son, I used to volunteer, go on field trips. Uh, PTA, all of that. And I would just find myself gravitating towards the girls. And he would say, mom, you're supposed to be. And I'm like, no, sir. I, I got you after hours. I'm with the girls right now. This is where I'm needed. This is what I love. Like, I want to talk girl talk. I don't know if it's because I miss having that mother-daughter relationship because my mom passed away so early. Or I just don't know. God Maybe that's what my purpose is to just empower young girls and young women. But I just love the girls. And my I drive my sons crazy because I am teen girl all the time. And they play a lot of sports. Um, and every time there's a girl on their team or the opponent, opponent team, I'm rooting for that girl. And they're like, are you seriously, mom? Really? I'm like, yes, go. That's girl power. Yes. I'm all for the girls. <laughs> Yes. Well, and I, I I will tell you one thing. I'm willing to bet that those boys that live in your house will always be respectful to women as they grow up and, and girls and, and to treat them as equals, which they are. Yes. And, and to be and to be kind. And uh, because that's that's kind of how it rolls in your house. That's how it rolls in my house. And I'll tell you, Kevin. I say it often, be kind, because they are typical teenage boys where they're not so kind. And they and I say, be kind. Like, trust me, that young lady may grow up to be your boss. So you need to always be kind. Or that young lady may grow up to be somebody that's going to help you in some form or fashion. And she's going to remember how you treated her in middle school. You know, <laughs> so I remind them all the time, be kind. But yeah, it, it's it's something that we battle because I'm like, are you, did you say that? Like the things that they say, I'm like, oh my, that was so mean. How could you, mom, it's just a joke. I said, okay. That doesn't sound like a joke to me, but you know, so I pray that they grow up and remember to always treat women and girls with kindness and respect because that's how the law is in my house. So I hope it translates in the future. I have no doubt 
that especially since you've written the book 13 and that uh, that's one of the it's, it's kind of like in my world i have a show called positive talk radio so yeah. i can't ever be like down and dour and and because people say don't you don't you have a show and if you're if, if 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 you're you know like you know crappy mood that doesn't play very well with the show so when with you you work with teenage girls i gotta ask you because it's been oh i don't know a few years since i've really been around teenage girls what's it like for them? it can't be easy it, it is not really easy tough. it's not easy but i think the thing that makes it okay for me to do is because i love it so much and it's it's just a passion of mine, but I have teenage boys in my house. So I get to say, okay, I kind of see how this goes. And it's not that different because the boys are just as emotional as the girls. The boys are just full of drama as the girls, you know, uh, the boys are dealing with the same type of insecurities and things just as the girls. So I'm kind of like, Okay, I know this story. And then I was once a teenage girl, so I can relate. And even though the times are much different and some of the things that they say, because, you know, I, I guess I'm that face that they can just, you know, blurt out anything. I, and I'm like, wait a minute. Did you really say that? <laughs> Did you really just do that? You know, and I'm always shocked, but I can still relate. And so it is not as difficult as it seems, but it is a tough job. It is a very tough job. And I just, I stay in constant prayer. And you God, are. Give me the strength. Because <laughs> they are wearing me out. That's my line to God on a daily basis. They are wearing me out. God, give me the strength. And they are. Now you're in the Washington, D.C. area, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, it's a beautiful area, but it's also got its struggles. Yes. It, with uh, with race, it's got its struggles with drug addiction, and there's a lot of issues. And we're going to talk a little bit later about Love Circle Inc., which I love the idea of, and I want I want to help you make it a national organization because wow. uh, that would be uh, it, it is so needed. We've got so many problems. And by the way, and something you don't know about me, I drove a bus for twelve years, so okay. I've seen a lot of America's youth and the problems that they have with a school or not going to school or um, all, all the issues that they've gotten. So I, I, I applaud you for working with the kids because gosh, if it wasn't for you in a lot of cases, they come from a broken home they come from uh, dad maybe gone or, and mom maybe working two jobs and, and they're, they're left to their own devices a lot it's great to have somebody that can be a mentor to them to help them kind of stay on the, to know what's out there and to avoid the minefields of what's out there. Yes. Is that kind of your role? Yes. That's what I hope. That's, that's my whole point and purpose of it is to give inspiration. Um, you know, like I tell them, listen, my mom died when I was 14. We don't get to have excuses. Like you can't, say why you can't achieve anything or why you can't succeed at anything because anything that you can think of, I've experienced it. You know, I, my mom was died when I was 14 from cancer. My dad was in and out of prison as I was a young girl. Yeah. Um, he decided when I was two that he was going to rob a bank, you know? <laughs> so that was what was happening in the seventies, you know? And so that's what they did. And, and I, so I experienced that. I, had my first child when I was in college. You know, I'm supposed to be going to college to become a politician, but instead I was chasing behind a boy, you know? So I tell them like, I have done it. So I understand, but through it all, I never gave up on my on myself. First of all, I never gave up on myself and I never gave up on my dreams to become a success. And so you just have to, you know, keep, pushing yourself forward and put your foot in front of the other and keep going, but it takes work. And, and most importantly, you have to learn how to advocate for yourself. Most importantly, like if we don't advocate for ourselves, like you said, very few people have advocates. My mom was deceased. I didn't have a mother to advocate for me on my, you know, in my behalf, I didn't have that. So I, I had to figure it out 
how I was going to survive out here in this world, which is a tough world. And it can be easy, breezy for some, but for most of us, it's not, you know, and, and that's why I come in to just offer hope and support and guidance. And sometimes they're very hard hit. They don't listen. I just did a mentoring session with a group of girls, a dynamic group of girls, but they had their own ideas and their own beliefs that they had, they figured it out. And I said, if you think you figured it out at 15, hmm, you're in for a rude awakening. Because at 45, sometimes I'm still like, oh my goodness, what in the world? What's next? <laughs> you know? So I tell them all the time, like, it, like, why not listen? Like, listen so you can learn instead of trying to do trial and error. Like, I did trial and error. You don't want that. You don't want trial and error. You want like the blueprint. Like take the blueprint and follow that so your road will not be so bumpy. And there are a lot of kids that that have kids when they're kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that that's I think is a big problem for us. Yes. As a, as a culture, don't you? I agree. I definitely agree. It's a huge problem. And that's why my son is 25 and I and he's went to college. He's living on his own. He's living the life of his dreams. But I say, and do not have any children anytime soon. And he's 25. And he's like, mom, I don't want any kids. Good, because I don't want to be a grandma just yet. But the point is, I wasn't a teen mom, but I was a very young mom. I had him at 21. I was too young. I, I was barely mothered, you know. And so the mom that I was to him, although I was a great mom, and because I, I had great examples, there was still things that lacked. And so the things that I did with him, I didn't do with my older, my younger sons who are now, I mean, 14, but I had them when I was in my thirties, you know? So I knew, I knew a little more. And I feel like when we are too young, we barely even know ourselves and we barely know what we like. You know, it's just too much. I know they say the younger, the better, but I disagree. I think you should go off to college, get married, have your career, and then focus on children. Who is it that, who is it that they says the younger the better? I think <laughs> well, I, not teenage, not teenage, but like you know, and your I, I read something somewhere, and it just recently I don't know if it was a magazine article or not, but they were saying like twenty three is ideal age to have a first child, and I said really, I said wow, I'm trying to push my son away till he's thirty three. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah you know so now i can understand physically because you're very strong at 23 but you're still developing your mind mm-hmm. and and the other thing that's really important is to have a, a strong foundational relationship with the your partner so that you can stay together yes and, and uh, raise a family together rather than so many single moms out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and and you can become a single parent, not just by divorce or separation. I mean, death, as we talked about, you know, like my mom died when I was 14. So, I mean, it happens, but the idea is to raise healthy children. And the only way to raise healthy children is to be a healthy parent. And it's no way at 21 that you are whole, healthy, and complete. Because you're still not, you're, like you said, still development, still growing, still learning. It's And that's the thing. So, yeah, I, 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 and I am an advocate for healthy children from healthy parents. <laughs> that's the bottom line. Like, we have to heal from the childhood trauma and whatever it is that we grew up, those beliefs, those notions that, are passed down to us and some of them we need to unlearn you know like i i tell the story all the time i remember asking my mom one day i had the audacity as she put it to ask her how much did she make i didn't know that that was sacrilegious you know (laughs) she was offended that i asked her how much money did she make but i was really curious about money and she said that's none of my business and i'm thinking like well, me and my children, we talk about money. Like we, they have to understand, like, this is what I make. This is how it works. This is how this house runs. If this doesn't happen, you can't do X, Y, Z. My mom didn't talk to me about money. I thought we had 
I was like, okay, well, my mom got enough money to take care of me and she's doing such a great job. So we must got plenty of money. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> you know, so that's, I, I, you have to unlearn some things so you can then have, when you have children, you can teach them well. I think it's important that you are honest with your kids. And if, if life is a struggle for you financially, um, I think that they, they will benefit from having that knowledge because they will know that you are there because you love them and you care for them. And it's not always going to be uh, puppy dog tails and cupcakes. Exactly. Yes. And I tell you, you are, you do so much. You, when did you think that, you know, I'm going to write a book? Well, Kevin, I'll be honest with you. I never had the desire. I absolutely never had a desire to write a book. It's right there. I see. It's it. right there. I have the book. Yes. <laughs> what happened is I'm just minding my business as I tell the story and God speaks to me and says, you're going to write this book. And I'm thinking, okay, am, am I tripping? Am I going crazy or who? And, and it was just so profound, so loud. You're going to write this book. You're going to offer advice to young girls you wish you had, the advice you wish you had growing up as a teenager, navigating this life alone without your mom. And that's how it came about. And so it, it came into uh, my mindset in 2019. And I was kind of reluctant. But then I was like, but this is a great idea. This is pretty cool. Okay, let's try it. So I would write a little bit, then I would stop, and then I would write some more. And the more transparent I realized I had to be, the scatter I got. I was like, oh, do I want to admit that I didn't always uh, value myself or I didn't always think I was worthy of these? Do I want to admit these things? And I'm like, See God, this is this is not even who I'm not trying. I'm not trying to do this, but I followed the instructions. I am a believer of Christ. I do believe that when God speaks, you move, you listen, you know, you do. Um, I don't always get it right, but I try to. And so I followed his instructions. And over the pandemic, the book was released. And that was great for me. A lot of people were like, Oh, I'm so sorry that your book is being released in the midst of a pandemic because you you can't go on a world tour. And I said, no, this is great because I don't really want to do it. I'm still afraid. <laughs> you know, I still haven't come to grips with saying that I'm a published author because I just still never looked at myself as that, like an author. I, I don't consider myself an expert. And, and then I have to realize, but I am an expert on girls. I am a girl, you know, and I did survive my teenage years and I navigated this world without a mom at 14 on through now, you know? So I just, I have kind of settled into it and embraced it, but it was never an idea of mine. I never thought I would be a writer. I, I even though I would make, weirdly enough, I would make up stories in my head all the time, like, as an escape mechanism. Sometimes I would just be sitting there and I would create a story in my mind uh, and characters and scenarios and scenes and all of that. And then I would be like, hmm. But I never thought to put it on paper or anything. It would just be in my head. And, and I would do that at night, sometimes when I couldn't go to sleep or riding in my car, just thinking. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe a book or two is in me that I didn't know about. I think that's, uh, well, number one, that's obvious because you've gotten the book and the name of the book is 13. Yes. How's it doing, by the way, out there? It's doing pretty good. Surprisingly, it's doing pretty good. I I will say, because I don't like push it. I'm not on a campaign. I do try to, um, when I mentor girls, I make sure that they get a book because it's for them to get. And it's, um, but it's doing well. I'm pleased with it. I'm not on the New York Times bestseller yet. So hopefully your audience will push me over the mark. Yeah, that's right. We're going to try and help you with that because you are the sum total of all of your experiences. Yes. And part of the reason why you had the experiences that you had is to become the woman that you are today so that you can impart that knowledge back to the youth of America and to help them get through some of the things that they would not otherwise be able to get through because they don't have a mentor. You yes. become a mentor to, to them and they look up to you and say, you've 
you've done it. You were one of you were one of us, and yeah. now now you're um, a parent, and you you are a, a mentor, and you can help help young girls because I you know I never was a young girl. I knew some young girls when I was a young boy, but uh, <laughs> uh, being being a young girl, I just cannot imagine all of the pressures the social pressures the sexual pressures the, the hormonal changes and all of that that goes that's wrapped up in what we would call what what is it now 12 to 12 to 18 yes. right around in there mm-hmm. it makes tough. it really tough it is very tough and it's so much pressure and a lot of these young girls unfortunately are very misunderstood um Either they're too loud or too this or too that, and they're not seen for who they really are at the core of who they are. And so that's where I come in to try to get them to strive to be their most authentic self, because that's where their freedom lies. When we are trying to put ourselves in a box or fit into a profile to match what somebody else thinks, you know, is we can never just be ourselves. And, and that's when we're misunderstood. So I, I, that's my whole goal is to teach them how to show up and be their authentic self so they can live their best life. Like we can't live our best life pretending like you can't be a second rate so-and-so and think that's going to be your best life. It's not, you know, so I'm like, we're not going to worry about perfection. We're going to focus on authenticity. And it's tough because social media it's driving this world crazy right now. And I just want to teach these girls it's fake. It is fake, 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 fake. You know, it's only a few pictures that are real on social media. For the most part, it is fake. Even the pictures that I sometimes put out there, it has a filter on it. You know, so I can make it look better than what the original picture looks like. Like it's glossier, it's shinier, it's perfection, you know, like it's fake. And and that is, that's a tough thing right now. It is driving society crazy, this social media. But it's like, we can't go back. It's no going back. Cause it's, you, can't you, put the you can't put the toothpaste tube or toothpaste back in the tube That's it's right. out there and yeah. it's going to be out there so we we are going to all learn how have to learn how to deal with it by the way if you want to follow along with us you can go to kizzy's website which is kizzy and um you can look at her book she's got um an editorial her bio is really is substantial she is a business owner she's uh, doing a, a bunch of a bunch of really cool things, and um, it's a pleasure having you here. It's now if there is somebody out there, are you able to work with people remotely? Yes, I can work with people remotely. I've done virtual uh, conferences and webinars, seminars, and um, as well as in person. But I, I I like it all. I like now, it all. How do you? Now, this is from my personal life. So um, my son is dating a woman, and she has an 11-year-old girl. And the the woman and her ex-husband are fighting over where she's going to live and all of these things. And the husband is saying things to the girl that are probably not appropriate because it's adult conversations that she doesn't need to know about and that kind of stuff. So she is having some real, and she's 11 years old. She's having some real problems with, she's threatening to run away. She's got anger issues. She doesn't understand what's, what's happening with every, how, how would you even begin to help someone like that? So the first thing I say is to listen um, to, you know, cause we have an idea of what we think they're going through, but we really don't know exactly what they're going through. So it's really to just ask, Hey, how are you? How are you feeling? And of course, most kids don't have the language and they're going to say, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. That's when you have to really get your inspector gadget gear on and like really ask a bunch of questions. But the biggest thing is to listen And because usually if you allow the child to have that free space where there's a judgment free zone and they can open up, 
it's like diarrhea of the mouth. They'll start talking to you, you know, uh, and then you won't be able to shut them up. But for the most part, I say listen, and it's tough. And especially with when you have the, a bitter, nasty divorce, you have one parent saying one thing, another parent saying that, and it's just so much trauma. And the girl, she loves her dad. She loves her mom. She's caught in the middle. You know, she wants to be respectful. And then your poor son, he has to come in and try to navigate and mitigate that dynamic. And so it's tough on him. And and a blended family is tough anyway. And especially when it's coming from a nasty divorce, it's even worse. So yeah, I say the most part is to listen, really, really listen. And the most the best thing is you have to just say, hey, this is a safe space. Like this is a safe space. What you tell me, there's no judgment. It's between us. Now, if it's something detrimental, you best believe I'm going to your parents. You know, like that's what I always tell all my girls that I mean, like this is a, you can tell me anything. And sometimes I cringe, like I said before, like at the things that they share. And I'm like, was I supposed to know that? Like, <laughs> I'm traumatized. You know? But if you allow that safe space, it's a judgment free, it's a safe space. And you get right at their eye level. Where it's not like I'm the adult and you're here, but we're we're on the same playing field. They begin to open up. It takes time, but you just got to keep reassuring them. And you have to let them know that you see them and you hear them. Because sometimes we express ourselves, but it, it falls on deaf ears. And so then that's when, when you shut down because it's like, well, nobody's hearing me. Nobody's listening. I don't feel seen. So I just might as well keep it to myself. And, and another thing, we may need an outside source. You know, we may need an outside source to teach healthy coping skills because what we don't want is for this young lady to begin to start doing things that are detrimental to herself and her well-being. Um, like you said, running away, maybe using, using uh, drugs, God forbid, at 11, oh my goodness, or sex, because we're turning to that for for love, you know, all in the wrong places. And we don't want that. Or anger acting out in school, not doing your classwork, not getting good grades anymore. You just do not care. I know that I was a straight A student and very smart, but there was a time that I was like, I don't, I don't really need to get straight A's anymore. Like I'm in 10th grade in classes with seniors. And they're not really excelling, but they're all going to college. So why do I need to stress myself out over physics? You know, like, give me earth science. I'm good with that. Like, I don't need to have all these because, and so I really stopped really working hard, I, which was a mistake in retrospect. But at that time, I'd say it's no point of me working hard. And, and plus, I'm going through things like, I'm, I'm really stressed out and nobody knows. And nobody, to me, I felt like nobody cared because I was expected to behave a certain way. And that's that's all that they cared about is my, how I was con conducting myself, but not really caring about my well-being and my mental health, you know? So, yeah, I would say just create the safe space. Create the safe space for her to begin to share what's really going on with her. And, but you gotta, you have to ask those probing questions and it's going to annoy her because she's not going to want to talk. No 11 year old wants to talk to, to a dad and mom. That teach me. No, <laughs> but you have to like, listen, I'm here. I care about you. I, I want to support you in any way I can. I, and since you're around kids a lot and you're around girls, a tremendous amount. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, and you can feel free to disagree with me if you'd like, but I'm of the opinion that because of today's society is is so based in how we look, who likes us, and all that kind of, and who loves us and all that, um, I firmly believe that age, and this is the key, age-appropriate sex information is important for the kids to have at their disposal. So they don't make decisions that could end up causing them to get pregnant, not even knowing how it works. Does that make any sense? Oh, and it makes a lot of sense. And Kevin, here's this even scarier thing to that statement. 
we don't know what's age appropriate anymore because well, no kidding. No, let me tell you, I have a lot of educators, a lot of friends that are educators, sorry. And I was shocked or naive or whatever you want to call it, that eight year olds in elementary are looking at pornography. Like I thought that was like late middle school, high school type of thing. So what's age appropriate now? We do not know. I think you have to base it on the child. Like, so tell me what you know about this. Like, are your friends talking about this? Have you watched, you know, what do you know? And, and have the conversation. I'll be honest with them as a boy mom, I'm still scared to have the sex talk, the birds and the bees, right? That's what I just say. So what I tell them in my house is, listen, you're too young. I know you may think you're old enough or I know your hormones may be raging, but I would encourage you to wait. And there's a lot of diseases out here that you don't want. So that's my skin. Yeah. I know that's not, I know in my professional way, that is not good, but that is a lot of diseases out here. And and I tell the boys, I say, and the girls are nasty. They, I used to be a girl. <laughs> we don't wipe ourselves good when we use the bathroom. Like all types of stuff. I tell them the girls are nasty. And then I tell my girls, the boys are nasty. I got teenage boys in my house and they're nasty. Like if you see their bathroom, it's disgusting. You know? So I try to do that. But no, it's crazy because... <sighs> Like they're literally in elementary talking about sex. And and another alarming thing my sister shared with me today is that her gynecologist was just sharing that a lot of young girls are having um, anal sex now. I'm, I hate to be so graphic, I'm sorry. But to so they can still say that they're virgins. So it's just crazy right now what, what's going on. To amplify your point, uh, my wife used to be a playground teacher in an elementary school. Mm -hmm. And uh, this goes back um, probably 2006. And she had a sixth grade girl walk up to her when she was on the playground and said, Mrs. McDonald, uh, can you get pregnant from anal sex? A sixth grade child mm -hmm. was, and and you are, you are correct, it is, and it's something that is out there and we've i think that we need to open there's a, there's a lot of folks that don't want to because number one it's uncomfortable yes. um to do that but i was and by the way i was a 14 year old boy and there, it is yeah yeah well you know when when the girls start looking good to you that's when you need to start uh uh making sure that they're we we used to have a saying in our house it was called kypip you know what that stands for? Is that keep your... Keep your Peter in your pants. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was close. I didn't have exactly like that, but I knew it was to that point. Yes. That's what I say to my sons. Keep it to yourself. Okay. Because they are, because we, and, and you know, and you and I having this conversation, it might sound like we are putting all the pressure on the girls. And I want to make clear that it's not that we're not putting the pressure on the girls because the boys, we should be having the same conversation with them. Absolutely. And the fact is that if you create something, you're going to be responsible for it for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. And even if not, if not being part of that family, at least financially, you're going to be responsible for that. So KYPIP. Yes. I will be saying that. Thank you very much. I might say it tonight when I go in the house because my sons are 14 and they said that they're still virgins and I pray that they are, but I know those hormones are raging because guess what, Kevin? They're in the shower for a long time and I'm like, what are you doing in there? And all my guy friends and, and male cousins, they're like, oh, you know what they're doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, and the and the other thing, the other thing I would highly suggest is if they are, um, if their door is closed and you knock on the door, uh, give them a good two minutes before you open the door. I'm not, okay. I'm a black mother, Kevin. We don't knock and wait. We bust in. You know? <laughs> 
and you don't lock any doors in this house. You know, yeah. I guess I'm. I need to go back and rethink. See, that's another thing I probably need to unlearn. Give them, like you said, the knock and wait a few. Okay, I'll, I'll do that from here on up because I've bust in the bathroom a few times and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, you know, ease back out. <laughs> it's, you know, and and, and, and and by the way, just so you know, and this may be just, this is a podcast, so I can say this, and it may be, but when you're a 14-year-old boy, that thing has a mind of its own. Yeah. And it just it just kind of go it 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 just does what it does whenever it chooses to do it, then there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing uh, I can do about it. Okay. I just have to respect the process. But yes. Okay. What is it? K Y P I P. Okay, got it. Keep your Peter in your pants. Yes. And uh, because and it's it's it really is important. Okay, en enough of that. Yes. Uh, now tell us about your book. So the book, it's thirteen lessons for every teen girl's journey to womanhood. It's thirteen chapters, a really easy read. It's for teenage girls. It's for young adult women. Um, I've read it myself. Um, believe it or not, I keep rereading it every time I go and mentor girls because I try to make sure I'm taking something from the book to talk to them. And I've had friends that says, wow, this is really good. And it's not just for the teenage girls. I needed that pep talk myself. So I think it's for all women of all ages because, hey, if you still need to heal that 13-year-old girl in you or that 15-year-old girl, there you have it. But it's it's all about um, self-love, uh, goal chasing, and meaning like let's teach them how to write out their goals, how to dream big, how to ask for what you want. You know, there's a saying that I grew up, Closed mouth don't get fed. And sometimes we have not because we ask not. So I want to make sure that they understand how to ask for what they need, articulate their feelings and what they need. And it's so that's basically what it is. Just advice that I wish I had. It's sold on Amazon. And you can also, as you said, get it from my website as well. It's good, sound advice. Yes. Um, now, now you're not a PhD, and but you do have a lot of life experience. Yes, and yes. Uh, sometimes in the academic world, they're they're not necessarily in the experiential real world, and so your your book is 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 very open, it's down to earth, and it will be very good for for people to use. And, and you're right, of any age, because so many times by the time you get to um, I don't know how it was for you, but but for a lot of people, boys and girls, you know, race, not any any race, any color, uh, when they get to be a certain age, they have been um, beat down over the course of their life. You can't do this. Why you just got to go to work and stuff, rather than being told to be the best that they can be and to really pursue their passion. Yes, absolutely. Because the whole point is for it to unlock something in them where they will discover their purpose, their passion, and their superpower. And I try to teach young girls that your superpower, it doesn't have to be anything superhuman as if Spider-Man, you know, climbing up a wall. It's just that thing that you do so effortlessly and you yeah. do it so well without even thinking about it. That's what your superpower is. And that's what we focus on because that's where, how we begin to live intentional and purpose-driven life. Because when we're just flying through the air like a leaf, <laughs> blowing in any direction, we, we're, you know, we just land wherever we might plant our feet. Life is crazy and hectic. We don't want that life. We, we want a purpose-driven life. It's not going to be easy by no means, but it's, it's pretty darn good, you know? So that's what I try to teach um, young girls. And I, I, I instill that in my sons. And I, I have a house full of boys all the time. When my oldest, he was, you know, first and only child for 12 years. And I, he always had friends at the house. So I've been around boys just as much as I've been around girls. But I, I like it with the girls, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm a girl's girl. And then that's... And that is that really is awesome because girls need need girls need mentors that are not necessarily their mom. 
Yes. It's somebody else that they can look up to that's an adult. And girls, I and I don't know how it is in Washington, D.C., but like sports-wise and stuff, girls don't necessarily have the same kinds of outlets that boys do as far as playing football and 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 baseball and, and basketball and stuff. And those coaches can be mentors as well. And so they don't necessarily get them. So they need mentors outside the normal places. Is that true? It's absolutely true. We do have a lot of um, girl sports here. Um, I will say as a boy mom, I am a loud sports mom. Like I said, my sons play sports. So I'm that crazy mom that everybody is probably wishing would just be quiet. Like that's me. I'm that mom, but we have a lot of um, girl sports. And like I said, my sons played a lot of sports, but their main sport that they play right now is hockey. And I'm so impressed when I see the girls show up. I'm like, yes, because it's rough. It's tough. It's strong. It's demanding. It's all the things that I want girls to be, you know, bold, and just daring and i love it so uh, we have sports and but you're right you we need mentors growing up that's outside of our core family and i wish i wish i had a mentor growing up i i I wish i had that i did not have a mentor i had teachers i had great teachers that poured into me but that was just at, at school and then once i left that was it or once i left that teacher that was it, you know. So I, I, we need mentors and and good mentors because I have some girls who look up to celebrities, and I'm saying I need you to really get another role model because she's not the right one, <laughs> you know. And not to be judgmental, but we're not we're not twerking it and we're not dropping it and you, we're not doing that, you know. <laughs> So I'm like, we're going to focus on somebody else, okay? Like, I need you to get a real live person, even if it's not me. I, like, I'm not selfish where I feel like I need to mentor all the girls. There's no possible way I could do that. So no. I try to teach them, like, I need you to get a live person, one that's tangible that you can talk to. You can pick up the phone and call. Like, I don't need you telling me that your mentor is uh, Cardi B. Nothing against her. But she's not your mentor. No. Well, and you don't know who she really is. <laughs> yes. She's your entertainment. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, you know, I can always tell when the podcast is going well because the time flies by. And so, but I wanted to make sure that we got this out because I think this is is critical in today's society. And that is that um, you have a nonprofit that you've started that I want to see this become a big deal. And that it's called uh, Love Circle Inc. And it's about uh, kids who are losing parents, like you lost your parent when you were 14, and your dad made the unfortunate decision to try and rob the bank. And apparently he wasn't all that good at it. So he ended up spending it up in jail. Yes. <laughs> so, um, what are you doing with Love Circle Inc.? So, Love Circle Inc., as you stated, is a nonprofit. It is for boys and girls. I know I'm teen girl, but when it comes to this, it's for every child that lost a parent before adulthood. And I know in the U.S. we consider adulthood 18. I do not. Um, so and the reason why my sister at the time was 19 and people looked to her as an adult at that time. So she just didn't get kind of the support. So I don't ever want that. And then I have a 25-year-old son who still calls me for everything. So I feel like that 22, you know, right out of college, you know, like fresh out of college, maybe you should have your footing, maybe, hopefully, prayerfully. Then that. So I, I say we go up to at least age 24 um, for Love Circle in, in the child, you know, because um, I still consider them. But yeah, basically we offer support and that support is grief counseling. Um or coping skills, therapy, you know, just so the child will learn how to navigate without their parent. And um, we are still very new. So my hope is that we will be a, a center that will be able to provide scholarships, uh, college tours, camps, all types of things that will give a child hope 
and let them feel loved and and help their support system who who's taking care of them because you know my aunt stepped in and she was my guardian but she went from being my aunt to my guardian so we kind of had conflict so it's just family support so we can navigate without the sole provider of the of that child's life after death and that and- is that is vitally important because i there's also the PTSD aspect of it uh, because, you know, and PTSD can come in a broad range of forms. It doesn't have to be a horrific, horrific thing. It could be the, it could be the loss of a parent mm-hmm. and, and kids have to learn how to navigate, navigate through that. Yeah. And it's hard. You can't do it when you're 14. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And guess what, Kevin? I thought I, I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, I'm grown now. My mom is deceased. You know, my dad is in prison. Like, who gonna tell me what? I'm grown. Like, I literally in my mind thought I was that meant at 14 that I had became an adult because I then had to now take care of myself. And you learned. I learned quickly. <laughs> this doesn't work like that. I was still a 14 year old child. Yes. And you need the support of, of other people and, and, and it's important. So the work you're doing is pretty special. Do you feel pretty special? Sometimes I do. And then other times I just realize I'm just the chosen one to do it. It's nothing special about me. I'm just following what God placed me on earth to do. That's it. And trust me, I wake up some days and I'm like, why me, God? Can I have an easier task? Like work at Walmart? bag groceries and I only get to do that for about 30 seconds and then he's like nope yep. get up and get moving you know? I say, so. that, that won't do for you no not a bit no. I wanted to ask you if if somebody is called and they listen to this podcast and they're called to call you and want to learn from you and on how to be a mentor or to be involved with you how do they do that they should email me um, at kdlovecircle at yahoo.com. So that's K-D-L-O-V-E-C-I-R-C-L-E at yahoo.com. And as soon as they email me, I'm really quickly to respond and we can get the ball going. Um, and I, I mean, they can actually call me as well. My cell phone number. I don't have a problem giving it out. Well, let's, let's, I'll tell you what, why don't we put it in the chat? Okay. And because there's a private chat and I'll put it up here. And then if somebody wants to call you or we can, or when we put out the podcast, we'll put your phone number there. Okay. Um, That works for me. I think I did that right. I put it in the chat. You did a perfect job. Okay. Yes. And let me put my email in there as well. I'm learning how to multitask. Oh, you're doing a fine job. (laughs) Yes. I, I read, they say that we're not really multitasking. We think we're able to do all these different things at one time, but really what we're doing is starting one thing, neglecting it, and going to something else. So I don't know. That's that's debatable. Amazing how that happens, isn't yes. it? So if you, want to, if you want her numbers, they're right there in the chat, and you can uh, um, either give her a call or you can uh, email her. And uh, you can, you can, if you feel called to work with the youth of America, and and by the way, I am pretty sure that anybody who calls you and wants to work with the youth that you're associated with, that they're going to have to go through a vetting process and all of that yes. to make sure that, uh, I, because you know, I work with a widows group, and she was telling me that that she has to vet people before she'll let them have access to her other widows because. I, I wish I could say that it was different than that, but there are people that have nefarious aims that are not pure. Yes, not pure. Not everyone has good intention. Unfortunately, we do not live in a perfect world. So yes, I hope have to vet. Between you and me, we're going to make it a more perfect world over time, my friend. That's right. Thank you, Kevin, for Positive Talk Radio, because this is what it does. It spreads positivity and it it's I, I think it sparks something in people to make them want to do better, be better, you know. I, so I think you're doing a great job. Because people like you are 
it's important to know that you're number one that you're out there and that there are people fighting the good fight to help the youth of america there just aren't enough of us and uh but someday there may well be and yeah. with your work you can you can grow this to uh, a great degree and and you can really help people especially the, the love circle link i would love to see that become an international um nonprofit. from your mouth to god's ears he's listening to, yes thank you he's listening <laughs> we have to wrap it up but and, and, and kids is there anything else that you would like to add i'll i'll set aside myself for a minute and tell our audience anything that you would like them to know i would just like to leave with your audience just one thing is to say, um, is to stay encouraged. Like we're in a tough time right now. And I got to tell my sons, I said, everybody is one step away from the loony bin. So be kind, lead with kindness and, and stay encouraged. That is perfect. You know how, you know how I end up, how I end every show? Yes. I listened. You, you do. So you 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 yeah. actually listen to it. So yes, of course. I I, I had a guy the one time that because uh, he wanted to make sure that it was. He said, "Who did you get that from? Did you make that?" And I said, "I that came from me. I made that up." And he said, "Well, okay, then you can say it." And it's like, and, and it just goes like this, and you'll hear it at the end, which is, "Be kind to one another because each other's all we've got," and uh, that is in my mind that is so true. It's so true. And when I hear you say that, it makes me want to just give you a big old hug. So hug yourself for me. <laughs> we are 3,000 miles apart, and I can feel your hug all the way over here. Yes. And I, I want to thank you again for, for being here. And I want, will you come back and see me again? I most certainly will, as long as you'll have me. Listen, I got in trouble a lot for talking. Like I tell my family, look, look who's. I get paid to do this now. You used to tell me to shut up. I tell you that. <laughs> it, it, there, there's a time and a season for everything. And yes. the season for you to talk is now. Now. Yes. So, Kizzy, thank you so much for being here. And get the book 13. Uh, Kizzy, uh, uh, can you pronounce your last name for me, please? Dogan. Kizzy Dogan. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, she is uh she's remarkable so get the book 13 and give it to your 13 year old or somebody who's acting like they're 13 yes thank you we don't discriminate <laughs> no, no we don't if you'll wait right there i will be right back hey thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of positivetalkradio.net please visit our website oddly named positivetalkradio.net for more details about us and our mission which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all i'm kevin mcdonald and i'm proud of these shows and i truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family so on behalf of our entire team remember be kind to one another because each other's all we got.